Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Want to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life? Want to learn how to get through those moments that can break us or make us? Today, my guest is Adri Kaiser, and she is an incredible person. She is an international holistic wellness expert. She spent 15 of the past years helping highly driven women to stop feeling overwhelmed and to start stepping into their power. And she's been featured in a number of um, publications and she speaks and she's a coach. And um, what I, I love about her is she is truly holistic in her approach. You know, there's so many people out there who are in health and wellness that know one tool or um, they practice just one um, modality. And in Adri's case, she has a whole wealth of information and tools that she pulls from to help people um, in their journeys, whether they're wanting to enhance, you know, their physical aspects, like to lose weight or to look better, um, emotional aspects, um, you know, I should also say in the physical realm, you know, um, not only looking better, but attracting a soulmate or helping you grow your business. Um, and she also dives into the emotional and mental and spiritual aspects. So, um, we're going to have a lovely time talking today. I am so excited. Hey, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to, with you today. And I'm sure we're going to be like talking, 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 because I just enjoy talking to you. It's so much fun. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, we, we could have probably talked forever the last time we talked, <laughs> but for purposes of the podcast, we're going to keep it short for the listeners. We're going to keep it under an hour. So, um, yeah, so let's start off and, um, why don't we, uh, first talk about how you got started. Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, people, when they see me, they think, oh, you've been doing this wellness and mindfulness forever. And that wasn't always the case. I was the underdog. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. So I went to law school for a few years in Venezuela. But the main scene that drove me to this wellness approach or this wellness journey were one of the most impactful moments in my life. And I'm sure we all have those moments that we can either, that can either break us or make us, right? So one of the most impactful moments in my life is being in my grandma's bedroom when I hear my aunt's voice and she's in a bad mood and I know all too well what this means, the physical and emotional abuse, the yelling and screaming. As I hear the footsteps approaching, I look up and, and she's right there. She's towering over me. She asks me a question, but she doesn't like my answer. And as always, she goes, who do you think you are, your stupid little girl? But this finally, this time I finally fought back. I was ready to stop the beating. I knew I had to really dig into myself and, and just say enough is enough. During this process, I realized that we all cope with pain in many different ways. For some people, is the pain of failure, disappointment, or even abuse the loss of a relationship. But as we cope, the problems we go through life, they're as different as the way we cope. For me, that meant bearing all those painful memories and emotions that led to so much chronic pain later on. Mm -hmm. For other people, it's eating their way through the feelings they don't want to feel. So they, they turn to food. For other people, is waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, worrying and thinking about all these things that are causing them stress. So in that moment, I realized that I didn't want to live a life or a future where I had to take medication like I was eating candy just to cope with the pain because I tried so many different treatments, conventional treatments, just to get temporary results. 
So I knew right there and there, I had to go deeper. I had to address the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of myself if I wanted to see long-lasting results. During this journey, I recognized and I realized that for the past 15 years, I helped over 4,500 men and women worldwide go from feeling stressed and overwhelmed and even dealing with pain to living a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life by addressing four key components, which are physical health, how you take care of your body, mental wellness, how you perceive the world. Uh, The third one is emotional intelligence, how you experience the world. And last but not least, number four, spiritual connection. When you have these four key components and you're working with them consciously and continuously, you begin to really unlock your fullest potential. So you go from being limited by your past experiences, by your pain, by your sorrows, and by, by all these thoughts of ideas of who you think you are or how people see you, to now recognizing your fullest potential to recognize the gifts and talents, what makes you unique, what makes you powerful. And the more you tap into it, the more authentic you become and the more you begin to make an impact in the right people. Because there's going to be, there's a million yoga teachers, coaches, mentors, doctors, lawyers, you name it, right? But people are coming to you or to me because of who we are. They connect with our stories. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to be authentic and help people recognize that they have the same power to heal themselves from the inside out, just like I did, that they have the same tools or they can get the same tools to help them overcome the most painful and, yeah, painful moments in their life in transforming into their secret power, into their superpower, into their mission in life. And that's how, in a nutshell, how I went from being this girl that was bullied and abused and told I wasn't good enough and all this stuff to now doing what I do for a living and and being really in love with what I do because I get to see every day the impact I make in people's lives that once felt or feel the way I did in the past as well. That is so beautiful. And, and I want to dig into some of these things that, um, you were talking about here. So, um, there were the four components. I'd like to dig deeper into those in a second. Um, but for, uh, the, the mind body connection that you started talking about, like, all this abuse that you um, experienced in your childhood, you found yourself as an as a uh, woman uh, really dealing with physical pain. I mean, did you know right away that those two things were connected or did you have some kind of like awakening to, oh my gosh, like all these buried feelings are actually causing the physical um, the physical manifestation of pain or, or disease? Like, did you, like, how did you put those two things together? That's an excellent question because yes, my pain was very physical. The, I, I had lumps in my back. I had to go to different treatments. I never was into medication, although sometimes I had to take medications. But what I didn't know at the time was that I was carrying decades of very memories and emotions from being abused as a child and being called names and being bullied and all these different things to then facing or encountering racist remarks about being an immigrant with an accent to moving to a different country where I left everything behind. So I was raised, or maybe it's what it was one of my coping mechanisms to be like, uh, I have it all under control. I'm strong. Let me go harder, try harder, learn more. And part of it, I recognized it was because I felt I wasn't good enough. So I had to prove to myself I was good enough by getting more and more and holding myself to unrealistic standards. So if you knew me or you saw me back then, you saw, oh, this girl is confident. She has it all together and blah, blah, blah. But on the inside, I was falling apart. And the moment where I realized I saw that connection was uh, more stressors came into my life that made the back pain intensify even more. But more in particular, I can see the exact moment. I'm playing with my son. He was at the time the same age where one of the most vivid 
moments of me being abused happen. So I'm playing with him and suddenly these very memories and emotions started to come up and immediately my back locked up. Like right there and then I saw like, this is what I see, this is what's happening and this is what I'm feeling and experiencing. Prior to that, yes, I knew stress. Yes, I knew all this stuff, but I never, I, I didn't live my life saying, oh, poor me, I was abused or because that happened to me or I just buried the abuse. I wasn't thinking about it, honestly. So it was in that particular moment that I saw everything fall into place. Prior to that, however, I was doing my inner work. And what I mean by that, I was doing my personal development. I was work, I was doing yoga and mindfulness and changing my diet. I was doing a whole bunch of different things that I believe were the stepping stones that prepared me to that very specific moment to address and face and heal from that, that painful emotion. You know, I, I truly believe we all, when we're ready, we're going to be given the tools and we're going to give the opportunity to overcome some of those obstacles. And for me, that was a moment when I've done years of work and just being with my son, being the same age I was, that was the trigger. That's what brought all the memories coming. And it wasn't overnight. It's like, oh, now I see these memories. I heal. I, I see everything done now. Beautiful rainbows and unicorns. No, I had to really sit with those memories. I had to work on forgiving, forgiving myself, forgiving my aunt, forgiving all the stuff that happened because of that. You know, forgive myself for putting myself in situations or taking my, myself from other situations. So it was a process of forgiving, forgiveness and really taking responsibility of how I wanted to move forward in life. And what I mean by that, taking responsibility of my actions, my thoughts, my words that helped me heal and also taking responsibility for where I wasn't doing the work, for where I was doing the bypassing scene. Also taking responsibility about how I fed my body and how I took care of my body. So it was a combination of different things. And looking back now, in hindsight, I can see everything being connected. But when you are in the, in the middle of a storm, sometimes you don't see right. past few inches what's in front of you. And in a way, it could be a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's like it's a blessing in disguise because sometimes we can try to do too much too fast when we're not even ready yet. So for me, it was being the art of the storm and simultaneously working on what I could to help me see past the storm. Yeah. It's so true too. Like, I mean, I can say from my own experience, like what you were saying before about, you know, when you're ready, the tools will appear or another very famous saying or proverb is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. And in, in my case, you know, it was, it was a very like, actually like slow leak of tools coming towards me. Like, to, and you know, I, I was not uh, abused as a child or anything like that, but I think everybody holds, you know, emotions and memories. And, and yes. there's actually like scientific studies. There's a whole school of um, science called epigenetics that says that we actually carry um, in our cells uh, memories from our ancestors. Yes. And so these can even be passed down. Like, I mean, you could have, um, you know, memories of abuse from your generations, but you've never experienced it firsthand. And so, um, this might be a lot for someone who is listening here that might be like their first exposure, but like one of the very first, and there might actually be a reason you're listening to this. Like yes. I said, like the tools show up, but, um, one of the first things that came to me was this book called, um, heal your body yes. by Louise Hay. And there's another book, actually, I love the title. It's um, Feelings Buried Alive. Yes, I have and both of them. So I great. love it. <laughs> and, and both of them are very helpful because, um, well, there's some really cool scripts in um, Feelings Buried Alive that help you overcome, um, you know, uh, emotional patterns. Like if you constantly are getting triggered by a certain thing, over and over and over. You keep meeting the same person, even though it's a different person over and over and over. Right. It's like, 
you know, very helpful for that. But, um, the Louise Hay book, the heal your body book has affirmations, but can I just give like a quick example of like this mind body connection for people just, um, in case it is their first time, like I'm going to pull up my book. Yes. And one thing I want to add to what you said, which is so important, when we start doing our personal work and heal from those past generational hurts and DNAs, those very memories from our ancestors, when we do our inner work, we heal seven times down our descendants and seven times up. So we're not only healing ourselves, we're healing our mothers or grandparents you know, our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and so forth, and then our kids, our grandkids, great-grandkids, and so forth. So seven generations up, seven generations down. I love that, actually. I'm glad that you said that. I've heard that before, too, and I think that's such a beautiful thing that, you know, um, you know, if you have that belief that life goes on after this life, that, you know, they're the, the souls of your ancestors, they, they might even still be, feeling those same things, you know, and that you can help release those things for them as well as your children and your grandchildren. Like, I think that's so beautiful. So, um, let me just give you an example. This is from the Louise Hay book. Um, (laughs) acne was the first thing that I'm on the A's. Okay. So, um, it says the probable cause, the probable emotional cause is not accepting the self or dislike of the self. And you can actually see how this could become a vicious cycle. You get acne, you don't like yourself, you get more acne, yes. the acne never goes away. So that's really interesting to me um, as well as, let me just see if I can pull up another one just randomly. I'm just gonna just kind of flip and see what comes. Arthritis, like a lot of people might deal with arthritis. So um, this is feeling unloved, criticism and resentment. So the, uh, the affirmation that goes along with this is, um, I am love. I now choose to love and approve of myself. I see others with love. And, you know, that sounds like an oversimplified way to overcome arthritis. It, it might take several, you know, sessions with a coach or going through the script and feelings buried alive, for example, or, you know, a few weeks of repeating that affirmation. It's not just like a, one and done kind of thing, you know, it's, it's unlocking that memory, really feeling that emotion, healing it, forgiving, you know, putting love on it. I mean, there's, there's some steps involved. Can you, can you explain like, you know, the steps involved if someone is, you know, has back pain, that's pretty common. Like how could they start addressing this from maybe another perspective other than like going to the chiropractor and taking medication like what's the emotional spiritual side of it that they can address right so one of my, i was suffering from chronic back pain for over a decade and i know this and probably if you look it up in, in in the book it will say back pain is lack of support you know lower back pain is lack of support the upper like the shoulders and neck is carrying the weight of the world on the shoulders uh so i used to have chronic pain for over a decade and it mainly was back pain because i felt that I wasn't supported in many ways. I was an immigrant. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have a, I don't have family around me. I, you know, it, it's all these different things. So how I started was specifically for me. Anytime, anytime you have pain, it's also inflammation in the body. So the easiest things that people can begin to address is at the physical level. Why? Because it's something we is tangible that we can experience, we can see. So beginning to eliminate sugars or or highly processed food or heavy fried stuff. So when you start eating cleaner and look for anti-inflammatory food like ginger and turmeric and apple cider vinegar. So like doing something that I do today and still teach to share with all my clients is doing the the morning elixir, what I call morning elixir, which is a cup of warm water with half of a lemon, or you can do a full lemon. I do a full lemon, but you can do half of a lemon, uh, uh, a cup full or two of the apple cider vinegar. I use Bragg's. It's the best one I found yet. And then I, got, I, I use essential oils. So I use a drop of ginger essential oil with therapeutic grade, guys, so make sure you buy the good stuff, you know, the stuff that you buy in a supermarket or or, you know, whatever. (laughs) 
and the, and I drink that in the morning. That helps to really bring your body into balance and reduce inflammation. So that's one thing. You can start doing the morning elixir. You can take ter- turmeric supplements. Um, the other thing for me that I found helpful was yoga. And there's so many type of exercises out there. There's so many yoga styles out there too. But you have to find the yoga style that works for you. But why yoga was so impactful in my life? Because it was the conscious movement. It was the breathing. It brought me into a state of meditation or meditation in movement. So I didn't just sit in there for half an hour and, and chant OM. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the movie meditation that helped me tune inwards, that helped me move my body mindfully, that helped me realize stuff about myself. Because what I love about practicing yoga is what happens on your life is reflected on your mat. And what happens on the mat is reflected on your life. So you begin to cultivate patterns and create patterns, new neural pathways or new ways of communication, your brain and body that is more comprehensive, more cohesive, more in alignment with your core essence. So that part of me, that part helped me tremendously. So changing my diet, practicing yoga and doing uh, forgiveness, forgiveness work. Oh my gosh, is so hard because I get it. You know, some of you are listening right now. It's like, but that person did this to me, and I didn't deserve it, or whatever. And or and, or people are like, oh, I've forgiven everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you're right back to that moment, and there's like, oh, you've forgiven everybody. Let's say, can you talk to the person? No, I don't want to see them. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the true. Cho- <laughs> that's the true test. It's like if you're completely neutral about that person, you can say hi to them. Maybe you don't want them in your life. It doesn't mean you have to welcome them back in your life. But like, like you're not triggered. You're not Absolutely. like feeling any kind of negativity when you see them or think of their name. That's or you're, yeah, or you're not expecting an apology. So let me right. close the story really quick about my aunt. So I was abused as a child. Later on, my son is 17 years old now. 16 years ago, something a family member had a illness stuff, and we, I was a main caregiver with one year old at the time. This person came into my life to support me, and sure enough, a whole disaster again happened with her. I never expected an apology from her ever, ever, ever. I did my work, and as hard as it was to forgive her, I did my work, and I have forgiven her the best way I can, and I know I have, until recently when I hear from my mom that this person wants to apologize and that she wants to send me a letter. So I I, I was open to receive the letter. I wasn't expecting much because it's a pattern I see. I mean, I lived that pattern for many, many years, right? this person is no longer a part of my life. So I was like, okay, let me see what she has to say. I get a little note, larger than a post-it note, but it's not a letter, it's not a card, it's nothing. And the opening statement is something like, I reached out to you and you let, didn't you you didn't let me or you didn't answer. So she's like, once again, boom. Mm-hmm. So she never asked for an apology or she never shown any sign of remorse. And I can tell you, I have forgiven her. Because when I saw that note, I was neutral. I, I wasn't like, I didn't expect an apology because I, I, I forgave her for me. You know, I didn't forgive her to say what she did was right. I forgave her for my own well-being and sake. And so it doesn't pass down to my son and my grandkids either. Um, so I was completely neutral. And well, she's no longer part of my life and I'm not going to be calling her and say, hey, let's be best friends and have lunch. I do wish her the best. And if I see her or if she's ever in need, I will help her if I can help her. But I don't wish her any ill or harm or I'm not holding on to the anger that I was I once had when I had to address the, the feelings of being you know, when I had to remember and talk openly about being abused. So uh, to everybody listening out there, the hardest work you're ever going to do is going to be forgiving, forgiving others and forgiving yourself. And once you you know you truly have forgiven, when you're not expecting an apology, when you're not expecting to be told that you're right, where you're not expecting to have people in the corner, you know, gathering people to be like, like that gang up of, of mentality. So let me call my mom and my sister and my brother and my boss and my best friend so they all can reiterate that I'm right and that person is wrong. When you're like, I'll take it for what it's worth. I see she's still in pain. Hurt people, hurt people. 
if she needs to blame me to feel better about herself and help her heal in one way or another, fine. That I have no control. So come back to close the cycle of what you were saying, asking me about what I did with back pain was change my diet, change the narrative of my story. I was no longer, I never saw myself as a victim, but I realized I always continue to look for approval. So I was not looking, I'm no longer looking for the approval, especially from her. In, in the back of my head, I always was. So when, when I changed the narrative of my story, when I begin to become very authentic and realize that some of those painful memories became a source of strength and power and how I can use that power for the better, not just for me, but for the people that surround me, the change, the world change. So yoga, inner work, mindfulness, forgiveness, diet, those were the key things for me. So it's not just one size fits all, it's a comprehensive approach. And you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to see the bad, the good, and the ugly. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be to feel broken and then ask for help. Because without that, I don't know if I would have made it to the other side, you know? I don't know if I would have found the, the part of the end of the rainbow. Right. Yeah. It, that it's it's so powerful what you just said because you know um, forgiveness really is. I mean, it really is the hardest work that you'll ever do. The inner work, um, and it's probably the easiest to brush off because you don't really see the cost of not forgiving. Really, I mean, unless you start connecting dots like you did with your back pain and things like that like um or how it might have been holding you back because you're looking for approval like you know if you're constantly looking for approval then it can manifest in your life in so many ways like you know i mean i can't think of of, of a way but like maybe like attracting the wrong people in your life or or being stepped on or you know uh, things like that like it 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 once you start identifying these patterns and, and, and where they originated from, and a mm-hmm. lot of times they are in our childhood, it's really eye-opening and it is very difficult to do. And like I said, it's the easiest thing to like put off and say, oh, you know, that, that couldn't be what it is, you know, and, and kind of be cynical about it. But, you know, they, you know, not forgiving, they always say that that's like a poison you give yourself yeah. because you're not actually not actually punishing the other person really the other person really doesn't care but it's that um that poison that you're you're taking on yourself and that leads to physical ailments you know that i truly believe yes if you fall and break on your arm or your wrist yes i get it that doesn't have to do with emotional but when we're talking about uh major illnesses oftentimes the root cause is an emotional pain, something that hasn't been resolved, something that has been buried. And from the Ayurvedic perspective, they say that every emotion that you have in process gets buried in your fascia, your tissues, and your muscles. That's why oftentimes if you get a massage or you go to a yoga class or you have a really, you have energy work or whatever it is that, that you have an emotional release is because, you know, there was something that you were working, you're getting your body worked, right? Like a massage or a yoga, you're in one way or another. And the emotional release comes from because finally the store-bury memories and emotions that were stored in your tissue, fascia, and muscles are finally coming to the surface so you can address them. And I really, I tell people it takes tremendous amount of courage and strength to say, yes, I'm going to do my inner work. I'm going to look at those areas in my life that aren't painful so I can then be pain-free, so I can be free of these things that are holding me back, that are preventing me. You know, people talk about, I can help you make a million dollars or five figures, seven figures, whatever it is, or I can help you lose the pounds, that whatever pounds you want to lose, or I can f- help you find your soulmate. And while all that is great, I'm here to tell you that in order to get all of those sins, you have to free yourself from those sins that are preventing you from getting there. In my case, as a child, when you're being abused, you think it's you, that you are the problem. You are the one that 
made it happen. It's your fault, especially when you're being threatened not to say anything, right? So you grew, you grew up thinking, I'm the issue, or I cannot trust people because in this case, person I trusted betrayed me. So I kept attracting people that mirror that same energy. So I become a self-imposed prophecy. I cannot trust you because you're going to betray me. Therefore, should enough, you betray me at the end. So right. when, when we finally find that part, it's like, oh, unless I heal this, I cannot have the six-figure business. I may get it, but then I lose it. How many people you see that wins the lottery and within a few years, they're bankrupt because they haven't done the belief work and the inner work to match. Yeah, exactly, to match the new vibration. So it takes tremendous amount of courage and strength to do that work, but the rewards are worth every little thing. I always say every step you take towards your well-being it's never wasted. Doesn't matter if you feel like you took one step forward and 10 back, that step forward, still one step forward, because that's going to be a building block for the next step and the next step. And before you know it, you're living your life of the, the dreams that you always wanted in your business, in your career, in your professional life, in your love life, in your community life, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I remember one of the first times that I, I realized a lot of this stuff, like, 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 you could get an email, like, let's say from someone that really makes you mad, that just like triggers you to no end. You do some inner work, like, especially like forgiveness, like the practice I use is Ho'oponopono. Yes, me too. Okay. So just uh, to tell people what that is, it's like a Hawaiian forgiveness practice that uh, a doctor came up with. Do you Mm -hmm. know the story of what, what he did? Uh, I, I remember, I do know it, but I don't remember I all remember the details. Bits. So yes, this yeah. is what I remember that he was going into a, a prison to, um, yes. and before he went into the prison and this was like pretty, like, what would he call it? Like a uh, high level, like high threat level type. Yeah, of high prison. security. So high yeah, security, high security. Right? Yeah. And um, so they would really act out when there were visitors. And so beforehand he took all of their files and he actually healed them by doing this Ho'oponopono, which means, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And he did that on each of the files. And when he went in, they had never met him. When they went in, when he went in to meet with them, they like gave him a standing ovation or like they, they like applauded or, or something like they just like sent him love. Like it, it was reading the story was incredible, but I know firsthand from doing this practice that it works. I mean, love and gratitude are two of the highest mm-hmm. vibration emotions that you can feel. And, um, you know, it's amazing. Like, so in the example of the email, you could you could do Ho'oponopono on that person, on yourself, even like from the perspective of your higher self or God, like also to you, like you can do all these different ways, different angles to really cover all your bases. You can go back to that email and think, what was I thinking? Like, this is a totally different email than what I thought it was, but somehow it triggered something in you and you don't even necessarily need to know like the exact cause, like, oh, when I was three, you right. know, this and this happened to me. Like, I mean, some energy workers work that way, but I believe like Ho'oponopono, like you can truly like use it on a lot of situations and you don't necessarily have to go back and like remember that memory from when you were younger. Um, Absolutely. I think there, there are levels of things. You know, there's some things that we can heal and release without even knowing what they were. And there's some key factors that we do need to be conscious do, and aware yeah. of, I've, you I've, know. I've seen that too. Like, I and I don't know why that is, but it, yeah, I totally key lessons. agree. I think they're the major lessons that we, I believe we all come here with a purpose and a mission. And there's some lessons that we need to learn along the path to fulfill that purpose and the mission. And if we don't, you know, if we don't learn the lesson, they keep repeating themselves That's until true. you finally get it. So those are the ones that, those lessons are the ones that are there to help us then get us Get, get us to a new level of awareness and to really claim that, like, I don't want to call it badge, but like saying, 
hey, we earned this stripe in here on our thing. Like we did our work and now we're moving to the next level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I, I truly believe now that all the obstacles and painful stuff that we go through, they're simply blessings in, the, in, in disguise that helped us get stronger, learn a lesson, be smarter about something, gain tools to take us to a new level. Or sometimes there are obstacles that are telling you, hey, 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 you're going the wrong path. Come back here. Let's come back into alignment. Because if you choose to see it that way, when you see a problem and stay in the problem, your mind is not going to create a solution. So you have to change consciousness to see the solution to a problem. Yes, and right. You that, are, yeah. It was an Einstein quote, right? That it's like the same uh, level of consciousness can't solve the problem that created it. So, right. yeah, I love that idea. And, and definitely like, if you think about it in business, it's like, what got you here won't get you there. Right. So if you're facing your next level and you're like, oh, I just can't hit this, you know, through the six figures or the seven figures or the eight figures, whatever it is, like you somehow, like it just doesn't work. Well, maybe there's something within that you can change to bring your consciousness to a higher level so that you can see that solution for that bigger problem. Because you know, when we're in business, we're actually in the business of creating challenges for ourselves, you know, like, like getting to that next level, good challenges, right? Getting to that next level or, or whatever it is, you know, expanding the team or expanding the business into other areas or whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, in order to see the solution for that next challenge, that next problem, there's something probably within you that you've got to heal or transform or have an awareness of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I love it. Yeah. And that's, that's really like one of the reasons that drew me to this work, like to, to doing the inner work. I think mm -hmm. it started with, um, uh, going to landmark forum, like 2012 or 2011. And someone spun it to me like, this is going to help you with your business. And when I went, I was like, this is not a business <laughs> seminar. What the heck? You know, but it did, it did, it definitely did help. And I know a lot of businesses that will send their employees there. Um, yeah. Well, see, I, I, I believe, I truly, truly believe in my heart that your physical, mental, and emotional wellness is essential for your physical health, the fi your finances, your business, your relationships. So how you are physically, mentally, and emotionally speaking, how healthy you are, it will have a direct impact in everything else. So it's, you see many millionaires that are struggling with having people they trust or they're feeling lonely of major health issues or happiness and you know all these different things and you have people that are super poor but they're the happiest and so it's all about how you are internally with yourself what happens on the inside is a reflection it gets reflected on the outside so if you're not feeling worthy if you're feeling not good enough if you're feeling all these different things things on the outside are going to mirror that but when you are happy when you feel whole when you feel in love with what you're doing, when you feel that you you are in alignment with your purpose, your outer world will reflect your inner world. As simple as that. That's why doing personal development, even though you're like, oh, I'm here to learn mindfulness or I'm here to do my inner work, how's gonna give me that next figure in my paycheck? Well, it starts from within because as you start changing your inner dialogue, everything outside yourself begins to match that vibration. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, so true. It's so true. Um, you mentioned mindfulness. Can we talk a little bit about what that is and what that means? Yes. So for everybody has a different definition of mindfulness, right? For me, how I see mindfulness is being immersed in what I'm doing, being mindful, being completely aware, conscious. So today we're in a world of 
multitasking. Mm -hmm. And we re get rewarded by multitasking. We are walking, we are texting, we are talking on the phone and typing emails. We are listening to our kids talk while we're watching TV, while we're doing you know, all these different scenes. And the more we multitask, the farther away we, we get from being fully aware of what's happening in the present moment. So mindfulness is being fully present with what is happening right now. Mindfulness is like, let's say you're walking barefoot on a park and it's just noticing each step that you're taking and the touch the grass, how your feet are touching the grass and the connection and the air that you're breathing. Mindfulness can be you're swimming in a pool and being so embedded in what you're doing that you lose a lot uh, track of time and space or even painting. So mindfulness is a way that you become fully aware and conscious of the present moment and allows this uh, unbroken stream of consciousness to flow through. So you, you get downloads, you, are, you become more creative, you have mental clarity. There's so many scenes. So yeah, meditation is part of a, it's a tool for mindfulness where you can do mindfulness uh, anywhere, anytime. You can be drinking your favorite tea and just noticing the flavor, the the feelings, everything that happens within you in that present moment. So, so ways like to engaging all the senses. I'm engaging to all the senses yeah. in one like particular, present. yeah, mm -hmm. in the particular moment right now, right? Absolutely, yes, <laughs> yes. And how much? How many? How many people? Like I know I've done this. Like you think about the past or, or, you know, you ruminate about the past or you think about the future. And usually there's some kind of emotion attached to that too. Like it could be excitement about the future, or it could be worry about the future or fear, um, or past. It could be regret or guilt, or, you know, sometimes there, there can be happiness too. If you're thinking about yeah. mem memories, but a lot of times our brains are wired as such that, you know, the negativity really stands out. So you know, all we have is now we we're not guaranteed the next moment. So absolutely. Love. And, and, I love that. Yeah. And you mentioned a key point. The, our brains are actually hardwired towards the negative. They are hardwired towards that. Think about for a moment, uh, everybody listening right now, think of a moment where you did something or you posted something in social media. That's the easiest one. You posted something in social media and 10 people commented. Five of them are neutral. Four of them are positive, but one is negative. Mm. Which one do you think you're going to be thinking about the rest of the day and before you go to bed? Totally. That one what negative. What did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? What's their problem? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Because Instead of like, oh, that's so cool that so many people said nice things. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's how our minds are rewired. They're rewired to the negative. Even as children, one of the first few words that they learn to say is what? No. So we have to retrain our brains. We have to retrain how we see the world. We can choose, and I, I talk about this all the time, we can choose to see life as half empty or half full. Mm -hmm. And the perspectives are completely different, even though the glass is the same, nothing has changed regarding the glass, but this person is as a half empty. So the possibilities for that person is endless and it's positive and it's great. It doesn't mean that, Everything is perfect at all times. She or he is going to struggle as well. But the person that sees their glasses or life as half empty, they're constantly struggling. They're constantly negative. They're probably sick or they're probably, you know, all this, they're like something that happens to them and they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, and I can even say too, it's not necessarily like a, a fixed um, spot, right? Like someone could wake up one morning and think glass is half full and something happens in the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, like <laughs> thinking everything's half empty. And so like, what are some, I, I know we have control over our emotions, right? We, mm -hmm. we, that's like one of the biggest things to learn is to master our emotions and to not let them rule us and, and not necessarily not letting, not letting ourselves feel them. Right. There's a distinction there. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how, you know, what are some ways that we can, um, in, you know, boost our mood? Um, in some circles, you might say increase your vibration. It's really kind of the same thing. Can you can you speak to that? 
Yeah, so that's what I call emotional intelligence. But before I talk about that, let's talk about mindset and mindfulness. You know, we have over 70,000 thoughts per day, 70,000, yet only 10% of those are original thoughts, meaning 90% are repetition of the thought you had the day before, the month before, the year before, and so forth, right? That's why becoming aware of your thoughts is incredibly important because one single negative thought will become a belief that leads to a pattern of behavior. And then you're in this hamster wheel, repeating the same over and over and over. I have clients constantly ask me like, Adri, why I continue to react or behave the same way, even when I know better? Because they are in that autopilot. They are, they're letting their thoughts create this behavioral pattern and they become, that becomes a belief reinforced by emotions. So it's a complete cycle, right? So by becoming aware of your thoughts, you're beginning to have some uh, ability to start creating or, yeah, building the life that you want to build. And it's not easy, but it takes awareness. What I mean by that, something that everybody can do right now is they can grab a, a journal and they can start writing down all the thoughts and emotions, how they're feeling on a regular basis. And then look back and see what are the consistent patterns because you're going to see things come up over and over and over. Why is this so simple yet so powerful? Because awareness is key. You cannot change something you don't know that needs changing. It's like being in a dark room that's really messy, that's dirty, but you don't see it because the lights are out. But once you turn on the light, you see the mess and then you can do something about it. That's what I call also limiting beliefs. The limiting beliefs are the ones that are going to lead to negative patterns, negative emotions. So when you're doing the, the, the limiting belief work, it's becoming aware of some of the thoughts that are happening. But how can we become aware of 70,000 thoughts that we have on a regular basis? By paying attention to how you feel. Simple. Your body's always communicating with you based on emotions. It's impossible for you to be thinking positive thoughts and, and, and feel negative. You know what I mean? Because they don't work together. I see it like in two baskets. One basket is love. One basket is fear. And the basket of love is kindness, compassion, gratitude, all these different things. And the basket of fear is anger, shame, all this other stuff, right? So you cannot, feel, you cannot be vibrational speaking in two, in two areas. So when you start noticing, wow, you know, I've been cranky the last few days. I've been eating horribly. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted. And then I'm catching myself saying, oh my gosh, look at those bags under your eyes. You look horrible. Oh, look at that hair. That's becoming aware. It's like, oh, okay. There's some negative or thoughts even happening. Talking bad about other people, right? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's when you realize, okay, I'm in this negative patterns. I cannot create something positive out of being in this negative world. So journaling, paying attention to how you feel will give you an insight of what's happening in your mind, your belief system. And part of the emotional awareness or emotional intelligence is no suppressing emotions. It's no denying or feeling guilty, like let's say, I used, to, I used to do this when I was brand new as a yoga teacher 50 years ago. I held myself to higher standards because I was told I wasn't good enough to teach either. So I was told I wasn't good enough as a child growing up and then 50 years ago. So I always felt like yoga teachers had to have it all together. They always sand, they're always perfect, whatever. They never got angry. So if I will get upset, then I was like, I'm not being a good yoga teacher. Thankfully, something, a light bulb went within myself and said, you're a human being having a, a human experiences. Emotions are part of our human experience. It's what I decide to do with these emotions. So if you feel guilty because you're angry, if you are ashamed because of whatever happened in the past, you did or didn't do in the past, all those emotions, instead of burying it down and saying, oh, I just put it under the rug and I won't see it, they're going to build up and they're going to be a pressure cooker. The idea behind emotional intelligence is recognizing the emotions that come up for you and how you express them and communicate them in a way that can be 
turn into a positive outcome. So becoming a good listener, instead of waiting for things to build up and explode, you can set healthy boundaries and say, hey, Christy, you know what? That thing that you said to me the other day really bothered me. And you don't have to come from a place of you were wrong and I'm right or you hurt me. When you really are able to understand hey, what she did make me feel this way and then have the conversation with the other person, you're stepping into your power, you're owning your feelings. So you're not denying it. Wow, what she, Christy said upset me and now I feel guilty about it. It's like, you upset me because of what? What triggered within me? And then have that conversation, right? So emotional intelligence is recognizing how your emotions, how you're expressing, controlling your emotions and the impact they're having in your own life and in the life of those around you. So when you know better, you do better, right? So having the awareness of like, I'm feeling specific way. And then let me, let me give you another example. When I'm doing trainings or events, when I'm surrounded by a lot of people, I give a lot of energy out. So when I come home and my family haven't seen me all day or all weekend or whatever, they're excited to see, they're excited to see me and I'm excited to see them too but they know to give me a little transition time, meaning let her get into the house, let her change, drink some water, kind of release whatever it is I've been carrying with me. And then I'm able to transition into my family life. Does that make sense? Yep. So I don't, I don't come home and, and, and just take on more stuff when I just need to kind of recharge and, and, and give myself yeah, the opportunity. That's, that's actually good. Um, it just reminded me of uh, one of my friends who's a speaker. You know, I was talking to her after she was, you know, getting off stage, so to speak, although it was like a smaller workshop. And she's like, hold on a second. Let me get my, I forget how she said it. It was like my speaker persona or my speaker hat off. Like, and she just kind of took a moment to just kind of like center herself and like to get into a one-on-one type of feeling as opposed to like a one-to-many. That's such a good tip. Like when you're, when you're transitioning from, you know, work to home or home to work to just give yourself some time to really be present and mindful and just kind of shed the other energy and like get into the new energy. Yeah. And we did it before the podcast. You guys didn't see us, but I was doing, I I just had clients and meetings and stuff and working and I'm sure you were having a busy day. So we had to take a moment to pause, let all the stuff just like, okay, let's take all that stuff off our shoulders, get centered so we can be fully present and have this conversation that I hope all of you are enjoying and taking some, uh, getting some golden, uh, golden nuggets of inspiration in there because we all need to have that awareness. But oftentimes people don't. They just go from point A to point B and they just keep carrying all the stuff with them and then it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, this explosion. Yeah. When you take that moment, it's like, okay, let me, let me pause for a moment and remove my coaching hat and now let me put my mom hat on or whatever it is. Uh, it, it, it just makes it so much easier. That's part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. You, you mentioned the explosion and I've actually experienced this myself, like where, like maybe I wasn't completely mindful or present, like in my family situation. And I'm like, like looking at my phone or something like that. And then something happens and I might overreact because I'm like in a different, like it's, it's probably like brain emotion. Like, I don't know exactly what happens, but I've just realized that that is not a healthy thing for me to have my phone there because I, I don't react in the same way that I would normally react to a situation. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't have the phone there, you know? Yes. And it's great. You have that awareness, but I also want you to don't feel guilty about it because because they're women and men, but mostly women, it's like, they, then we beat ourselves up because like, oh my gosh, why wasn't I present? So they worry about not being present at home when they're at work and when they're at work, they're worried about their family. So do you know what I mean? So that we continue to beat ourselves up because we feel like we have to be perfect at all times, that we need to do it all, you know, we need to do it all and look beautiful and make it look effortlessly and easy and, you know, when in fact that we are just human beings and we have time, so we're going to break down and that's okay. We probably need that release. We need to have a good cry. We need to have that moment of, oh, and then come back to 
okay, I got it out of my system. But hopefully those moments of explosions become less and less and less totally. if you become more aware, right? And become and manage your emotions in a better way. Yeah. And, and being aware of, of just like everything that we've been talking about, like, I mean, it could have been like a trigger or it could have been like, I just wasn't present. It just, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the awareness is so important, but if you really also just think of it from a mental perspective or like a cerebral perspective, if you will, like mindfulness, um, and being present and this emotional intelligence piece actually makes us into more productive people, yes. <laughs> like more productive um, entrepreneurs and business owners and CEOs, because, um, you know, there's this thing called context shifting, I've learned, where every time you change, you know, like you're multitasking, like you were mentioning before, like every time your brain has to switch gears into some other subject, um, like, like, for example, if you're like reading your email and then like the, ver then someone interrupts you or you're working on a project and you're like, let me just check social media really quick. That context switching actually costs you 15 minutes at least, um, according to some scientific research. So like, wow. think about that. Like, I mean, there's something to be said for having, you know, blocks of time and working on one thing at a time and being completely present. I but it's like makes you more creative too. Like you just get more ideas and things can, your intuition can like spark something. And so I just, I thought I would add that in because some of us are like super mental, less emotional. Yes. And they're like, yes. the reason <laughs> that's the reason this actually makes you not only a better human being, but also, um, more productive, um, and creative yeah, and, and efficient. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally get it. I see it. And, and there's so many studies about how meditation and mindfulness can actually uh, change the structure of the brain and how enhances many areas of the brain, pro, uh, the, enhances the functions of the brain. So like memory uh, in um, how when you are stressed, how certain parts of the brain activates versus when you are happy. I just posted something on Facebook about how dance is and dancing yoga are, are helping with reduce the aging of the brain and how elderly and people with specific, I don't remember right now if it was Alzheimer's or something, how dancing and mindful movement and stuff like that is changing the structure of their brain. And back then, years ago, people thought that you were born with X amount of brain cells. And after they died, then you're like less and less, less, less brain cells left. And it's actually the opposite. Now we know neuroplasticity. You can retrain your brain. There are new neural pathways that you create over and, and you can create over and over and over. And how meditation helps to activate other parts of the brain that may not be always active. So it's, it's powerful. That's super interesting. Yeah, I love how science is confirming a lot of these things that you've known for years, obviously. I mean, um, even somebody who practices yoga, they're exposed to it a little bit, if, even if they know nothing else. Right. But right. like, um, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. Um, so, um, I, what I want to do next is I want to talk a little bit about how people can get in contact with you. And then after that, I have another question for you. So, uh, why don't you tell us, like, if someone wanted to um, learn more about you or, or um, you know, maybe you have some kind of guide that they can download, like, where would they, where would they go to get that? Yes, definitely. So they, they can go to my website, adrikaiser.com. That's A-D-R-I-K-Y-S-E-R. -E and I'll put it and, in the show notes too. Perfect. So yeah. adrikaiser.com, it has pretty much my free meditations and, and they have ways to connect with me. Either group classes or group coaching programs or one-on-one. -on -one. I have international retreats as well. But I want to give your audience access to one workbook that my clients found very powerful is called From Limited to Limitless, where they can work on recognizing or becoming aware of some of the patterns, belief systems that they may be carrying with them and how to change the script, how to recognize them and start doing some things to help them 
put into action some of the process that can help them go from limited to limitless. So it's very powerful. It's free. It's wonderful. I'll, I'll give you the link so you can they can access that. But yes, the best way is social media too. My name, Adri Kaiser on Facebook, Instagram. I'm very active. So if you email me, just let me know where you, or if you message me, just let me know where we connected because I get a lot of friend requests and I won't answer those unless there's a message or a connection to it. Like I heard you in this podcast or whatever it is. Um, yeah, and hopefully some of you want to take a trip to somewhere exotic. I have international retreats going on every year, so you can check that out too on my Yeah, on my what page. I love about you, Adri, is that you are so like holistic in everything that you do. Like you like uh, we already talked about like these four different components, you know, the four different areas of your life, you know, the emotional, the mental, the physical, and what am I leaving out? Spiritual. Spiritual. Yes. <laughs> and um and you have all these different, um, modalities that you yeah. use as well. Like, um, we were talking and, and, you know, it's the energy work, you know, you're a Reiki master, um, Akashic records, um, law of attraction, like, um, you have all these different ways that you can help people. Um, and you just kind of pick and choose depending on what their needs are. If they're, you know, trying to find their soulmate or trying to grow their business or trying to lose some weight. Like it is so cool that, cause there's Thank so many you. people out there that they only have one thing that they yeah. can really help with. And, um, so you're, you're truly holistic. So that's really, really cool. I appreciate that. You know, I am a student for life. I'm always curious. I want to learn more. That's part of my personality. I don't want to feel like I know it all, but it was also part of my journey. Because during those 10 years of chronic pain, I was looking for different scenes that could help me heal from the inside out. And that's part of now why, what I call it enlightened alchemy. Alchemy is transformation. So transformation of the self by using all these diverse tools and techniques I have under my belt to help my clients really live their best life. So they may come to me because they want to grow their business. They may come to me because they want to lose weight. They may come to me because they want to awaken their spiritual gifts or because they want to, I don't know, lose weight or practice yoga, whatever the reason is. But as we start working together, they really because that's what I saw that worked for me. I work with them at the physical, mental, and emotional level and spiritual level. So that's the four key aspects, components to, to really what I, I subscribe to, what I live my life. I walk my talk and that's how I work with my people. So I want them to recognize as well. Yes, you want to get to the next figure or you want to get more clients or you want to lose X amount of weight. We can do all that, but we have to also address what's happening on the inside. So all your experiences on the outside reflect and match the vibration. So thank you for saying that because that, that's been my goal. I have two, two. Yes, I, I just love it. You have and so many tools in your, yes. <laughs> in your tool chest for sure. Um, and then let, let's end with a story or, or some kind of, uh, if you have a cool quote, I always like to end on a high note. So yeah, yeah. So Yes, definitely. So one of this, the quick stories I want to share with you guys is that back in 1995, this is a cute little quick story, so hopefully you bear with me here. So back in 1995, I had this beautiful coat from Venezuela. It was comfortable. It was beautiful. It fit me perfectly. The problem is that Venezuela has warm weather all year round. So when I moved to the U.S., during the winter months, I'll be super cold. But I grew used to it. I became, became comfortable with the uncomfortable because I love my coat so much. I wasn't willing to change. I wasn't willing to part with it, even when my family would offer to buy me a new coat. And why is that? Because I was afraid of change. I was afraid of, what the, of losing or disconnecting from what this coat represented to me, probably being home once again. I was afraid of spending money even when my family offered to buy it for me as well. But finally that day came when my coat had to be replaced. And I don't know why I waited so long because I found another coat that was warm, that was comfortable, and it was pretty. 
the reason I'm saying is because I'm sure you have scenes in your life that do not serve you as well as they once once did. Maybe because you're attached to them, maybe because it represents the known, maybe because it's comfortable. But if you're willing to try something new, if you're willing to let go of the scenes that no longer serve you, and that might be draining your energy, if you're willing to work on yourself and step out of your comfort zone, just like me and my new code, you can find new levels of strength, comfort, uh, comfort and warmth that you never thought possible. So don't postpone your work for a later time because now is the time to upgrade your health, your mindset, your relationship. Now is the time to thrive in all aspects of your life. Now is the time to step into the pow- your power and become the person you know you are meant to be. So now is the time. Go for it. Go get it because the time is now. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.